your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the problem. We're selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. Gang, I want to start off and say to you that uh, today I had my car washed at Broadway. All I was doing is popping in to do some shopping and uh, buy some food, get some lunch. And uh, I went in, thought, get my car washed. I said to the guy, can I just get a, a, a wash? He says, yeah. And he looked at the car and he said, standard wash is $55. I said, okay, yeah, all good. When will you have it ready? He said, 2.30. I said, okay, um, no problems. All done. Anyway, as I'm about to leave, he said, listen, I notice, I notice that you, you know, carpets, a little bit dirty, and I notice your leather, you know, you got a really nice car, but that leather, we can get it looking like it was brand new when you bought your car. And I said, how much? So I'm used to car wash salespeople doing the upgrade tactic, right? I said, how much? He said, $190. I said, no, it's all good, mate. No problems. I said, I'll see you at 2.30. Cut a long story short. He goes, no worries. Takes my plate. So he asked once, then he asks again. If I could do it for a little bit lower, would that be interest of, to you? I said, how much? He said, uh, 150. I said, nah, it's all good, mate. I said, listen, I'll get it dirty within a couple of days. He goes, no worries, no worries. And he's just kept looking at the car. He goes, you got a nice car, nice, you know, nice Porsche McCann here. He goes, um, okay. He goes, hey, let me ask you. We're not busy at the moment. We've got time. Can I ask you, what price are you prepared? I said, 120. He goes, no, I can't do that. I said, no problems, end of story. I start heading off. Next thing you know is he turns around and says, hey, let's do something in between. I said, okay, long and short of it is I did a deal at 140 bucks. But here's the motto of the story. He didn't ask once. That's the secret. He didn't ask once. He asked multiple times. And he did it in a way where he asked, took the pressure off, asked, took the pressure off, added some more value, asked again. And I've got to tell you that I think a lot of the times people don't ask enough. If I ever was going to write a book on sales, it would be ask, ask, ask. And I think that a lot of great people don't ask a second or third time. And I think to myself, here's a transaction. Here is a transaction that has now taken place because the person there did something that another person doesn't do. So there's a key learning, my friends. Learn the art of gentle interruption of asking. Now, I also want to talk to you a little bit about today, gang, on um, habit creation identification. And um, this is, you know, this is a, like, I have to tell you that this is a sensitive topic that I'm going to bring to you now. And I spent a lot of my early life being what I call a people pleaser. I spent a very early part of my life, from I would say my teens into my 20s, having this addiction to please other people. And 
to the point where sometimes I would also bullshit about something to please someone. And then one day I was just sitting there at a cafe thinking to myself, what the fuck's that strategy all about? Why, why, why this people-pleasing thing? And then with pen and paper, I sat down and I started thinking to myself, when did this thought process begin on I want to please another person? I want to please another person. And you know what? I traced it back to when I was at Belmore South Public School, when I was in around third or fourth class, might have been fifth class, but very young, that I had a school teacher who didn't like me, an authoritarian figure. And think about it. You always want to have the approval of people in authority, people that you look as a role model. And for whatever reason, I was not liked by my teacher. And I knew that she liked the Woman's Weekly. Now think about it. Women's Weekly. Why would I care about a Woman's Weekly? I mean, my mum didn't even buy a Woman's Weekly. My mum could not speak uh, proper English or reach. Woman's Weekly would not be what she's buying. But I know that this teacher liked the Woman's Weekly. And I remember giving her the Woman's Weekly one day, buying a Woman's Weekly and giving it to her. I know this sounds so bizarre. And guess what? She was very appreciative. And you know what? She was nice. And you know what? She became very nice to me. Bizarre, but guess what? All of a sudden, I learned this behavior of please people, please people. And the other day, I was listening to an audio book called Kick-Ass by Mel Robbins, and she was coaching someone, and this person had done a similar, it's not the same, but along the same lines, a habit that is created at an early age that gives you some kickoff, that gives you something that's good, that actually then becomes hardwired. And I've got to tell you, that, my friends, is what a habit is. It is a hardwire. So I have to say that there are many guys and girls that grow up that are pretty much kids that have got a hardwired habit that has continually become a brain tattoo in their lives. And I have to say, there might be a time when that hardwire habit no longer serves a purpose. And what I'm saying to you right now, you might want to become your own self-psychologist and say to yourself, what current habits, whether they are psychological or behavioral habits, are actually no longer serving you. Because I have to say that you have to accept that success is an inside job. Things get better when you get better. And I think that a lot of people should start doing the inner work. So again, whilst we're talking about habits and identifying the cause of those habits, I wanna to talk to you very briefly about bad habits. What you'll notice, if you've got a bad habit, you'll notice smoking, for instance, or if you've got a habit, let's call it drinking, or if you've got a habit of, let me pick one that I'll know a lot of people, eating, overeating. What you want to do is study 
the trigger of that. When do you overeat? And a lot of people will say, hey, if I get stressed, I eat. So what actually happens is you get stressed. What you do then is put something in your mouth to change the way that you feel, which it does for three minutes while the texture and the taste of the food is going in there. But then you actually feel bad afterwards. So again, here's a great strategy. You want to change a habit, identify the pattern that leads to the habit, stress, then replace the habit with something else, substitute. So, and you do this, you don't do this when you're stressed. You actually come up with a strategy before you're stressed because when you're vulnerable and you're stressed, you are so hardwired to this habit that you go to it. So what do you do? You come up with a pre-game strategy and that is this. When I get stressed, I know I'm gonna go eat. So what you do is come up with your game plan. The game plan is when I get stressed, what I'll do is I'll go for a walk. And then all of a sudden, you are beginning a new habit. So on creating a new habit, here's the deal. The first 10 days are hard. The next 10 days are strange. The last 10 days are the beginning of something magnificent in your life. 30-day projects is what you need in habit creation. A couple of other rules. Never go two days. Never, ever go two days breaking the new habit because essentially what you're doing is moving away from it. So gang, may I urge you to think about it in your own life. What habits no longer serve you? The next thing I want to talk to you about is John McGrath uh, sent me a podcast yesterday and I forgot the name of the podcast, but I was listening to the guy on there who talked about the tissue box effect. And the tissue box effect is a very interesting one because what it says is when you've got a full box of tissues, you are more likely to use one, two, three tissues because you know there's an abundance of tissues in the box. You know that you've got plenty. It's resource. You're not worried about scarcity. You know that you can waste them. Hey, what if there's one tissue left? What do you do? You use that one tissue over again. You might use a tissue two times. You might use a tissue three times. That's quite different to when the tissue box is full. This, my friends, tonight is a very good metaphor because what it's basically saying is just like a tissue box changes the behavior of the person using a tissue, so does an organization that has an abundance of resources. So does an organization that's actually got a lot of money. So does an organization that actually doesn't care how you go about consuming those resources. And what we learn is this. We learn that when you've got limited resources, you will work harder to do with what you've got. And I'll go further on and say, as someone that has worked in a small business, as someone that has started a small business, as someone that has also worked in large corporations, may I say to you that I see this in my own life. I see when you don't have a lot of money in your account, 
You work your ass off to get money in the account. When you don't have a lot of money in your account, what do you do? You find ways to actually get leverage and you find ways to get a maximum return on any investment you make. But when you've got a lot of resources, what you seem to do is you outsource your problems to money. And may I say to you, if you want to succeed, act broke all the time. I know it sounds terrible. I know it sounds scabby. I know it sounds like measly Tom, but I'm going to say to you that you will find that you'll become more creative and you will find ways that you're going to get your organization to become leaner. And you know what? When you become a leaner organization, you are entitled to have a business that's got a bathroom that looks like the fucking Hilton Hotel, right? When you're making massive profits, when your margins are 40%, you can then go off and have a splurge and say, I'm taking the team out because we had a great month. But I'll tell you what, if you've got low margins or if you're making very little money, let me say to you as you're watching this on Insta and Facebook, what you should do is understand that you've got to actually behave in the equivalent manner of what you make. And for any real estate agent watching this right now, what does that mean? If you're not a million dollar agent, don't drive a million dollar agent car. If you're not a million dollar agent, don't holiday like a million dollar agent. If you're not a million dollar agent, don't eat at a million dollar agent's restaurant. What I'm basically saying, guys and girls, hey, act your size. Because I'm gonna say to you, that if you don't control debt, debt will control you. And never forget, it all boils down to leftover, not turnover. And I can see across Australia, a lot of real estate agents that run nice tight operations where you've got one person and maybe one other person helping them, they'll end up making a larger profit than someone that has got soldiers of five or six people. I see that in their P&Ls all the time. Anyway, let's move on. But remember, how big's your tissue box? Act that way. I want to talk to you about another concept called time traveling. Time traveling. And time traveling is a very good technique to use when you want to get massive results when you hit a ceiling. So, by the way, if you're enjoying this, I'd like you to tag someone. I'd like you to share the video because you know that I highly value eyeballs. I highly value getting into different communities. And I also love you to tell me what you think of the video. We're constantly trying to improve. What's the video like? I'd love you to give us your feedback, particularly on Facebook. That's what I'm mostly interested to get your comments on this versus previous videos in terms of the tech we're using. Okay, sorry, I just kicked my uh, uh, tripod on Insta. Let's move on to tra time traveling. So right now, if you're someone that's reached the ceiling, can I just give you a very great technique to help you break that ceiling? Number one. Travel 12 months ahead in time on what you want your life to look like. So get a bit of a clear picture. And as I've said before, most people don't need therapy, they need clarity. So get a clear picture of what your life looks like in 12 months. Step number two, find a girl or guy 
Find someone else that is getting the results that you want for your life to look like that in 365 days. So find someone who's already got the status that you want. And then what you do is you find and mirror everything they do, their rules, their rituals, their thought process, their days, their routines, their techniques. You look at everything that they're doing. But here's the real tip. You find someone who is relatively equal to you in terms of the kind of geography they work, in terms of like the marketplace they work. So what I'm saying is, if you're in Liverpool, you don't go off and look at someone in Double Bay because what you'll notice is that the practices could be different. What you want to do is find people that are along the same lines. The second thing what you want to do is this. You want to find someone that is beating the business a similar period of time. Because you don't want to go off and say, oh, this person's doing this, but they've only been doing it 20 years. Their strategies moved completely. I mean, if you are a master at something after 20 years, you are at a level which is called epic level and you are at no brainer level. So you will get the business because you are so ingrained into the customer's mind that you are doing different things. So what I want you to be doing is to actually find someone who's in the same stage of their journey in business. This, my friends, is as simple as it's got to be. Let me move on, guys and girls, to the second last thing that we're going to talk about, and that is, um, I want to talk about, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it a lot. He talks about the millennials. Is that what you call them, Susan? The millennials? Right? Simon Sinek calls them that. I don't know what you want to call them, but listen to me very carefully, guys and girls. I have to say to you, gang, here's the deal. I'm saying to you right now, if any of you here are like under 25, say even under 28 years of age, I'm saying to you that you have been lied to. Someone has fucking bullshitted to a whole generation of people telling them you will have work-life balance You'll work from 10.30 to 4.30 each day and you'll work smart and you'll have nothing to worry about. I'm telling you straight, that is absolute bullshit. To do success, to be in the top 1%, listen to me very carefully. You will work your ass off. That's it. You will work your ass off. And I'm saying to you that business is hard. No question about it. No question about it. And I'm going to tell you that success in business, understand, is not something that's an entitlement. It is a privilege and it is the reward you get for meaningful labor and value creation to the customer over a long period of time that has been repeatable over again even when you didn't feel like it. That's what it is. So guys and girls, I have to say to you 
there's a big bullshit story that says that it will not be hard work. It will be hard work, but you know what? If you love the work you do and you're good at it, by the way, if you do lots of it, you're going to get good at it anyway because it's going to get a lot of practice and you enjoy it, yeah, it's not going to feel too painful. And that's where excellence is created, when you actually are able to do something that you love so well that it gives you a lot of practice that you become a master of it. Yeah, we're about towards the end and I'm gonna let you know that in a moment, what I'm gonna do is film a quick video on how you, real estate gym members should be using this success journal that's got exercise after exercise on evidence-based psychology on how to do the inner work to succeed in real estate. All real estate gym members get this as part of their gym. Free of charge, free of charge, Susan, free of charge. Guys and girls, I'm gonna finish off and give every ugly guy out there a word of advice coming from an expert here. I wanna let you know that if you're a one out of 10 and you wanna get a 10 out of 10 girl, here's a couple of rules. Number one is this, it's not as hard as you think and I'll tell you why, because not many people go for the 10 out of 10s. Why? Because they think, let's play it safer and go for the six and sevens and eights out of 10. So what actually happens, everyone's fighting that pool. And what you wanna do is you wanna fish where there's less fishermen. So what you'll do is go to the borders, my friends. And what you'll do is understand that there's a lot of very good looking girls that are 10 out of 10s that simply never get asked. That's step number one. Step number two, don't be a nerd, be confident because that's gonna improve your attractiveness like transformational numbers. We're talking, it's going to take you up to the stratosphere by having confidence. The third thing I'm gonna to say to you is this guys and girls, and remember this, it doesn't matter what you aesthetically look like. At the end of the day, put a smile on your face. And this is relevant to girls and guys. Dress in a modern way. Work out and look fit and healthy. Have a positive attitude. And I can pretty much tell you, you might not be a Brad Pitt. You might not be a Miranda Kerr. Is that Miranda Kerr? She's good looking, isn't she? Miranda Kerr. You might not be a Miranda Kerr, a Brad Pitt, but I'll tell you one thing, you'll be able to bat with them. Maybe not as good, but up there, I mean, they're superstars. They've got another layer of authority. But I say this to you because every day I meet girls and guys that many people would say, hey, she's average looking or he's average looking. You spend five minutes with them and you listen to how they speak you listen to how they make you feel and what you realize is attractiveness starts from the inside and goes out. Guys and girls, go New South Wales. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next?